When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. First off, thank you to everybody who reached out after yesterday's podcast. I'm still getting back to some DMs and I'm sure you are too. So yes. apologies if we didn't get back to you right away. I got some great DMs from healthcare workers uh-huh. about what we were talking about, from teachers about what we were talking about. And just generally people trying to make it work, working and having kids at home. I heard from just about anybody you can imagine yesterday. Yeah. In all circumstances, I uh, I went out for dinner last night. Shout out to everybody at the Ivy Arms in Milton. Lovely. It was the last supper. Oh, no. <laughs> no, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the well, restaurants were closing at midnight and I wanted to get out one last time because we don't know when they're going to reopen. They say January 27th, but Doug Ford's a liar. And I, um, I wanted to see the kids before they left because they're leaving today. Ah, oh, the holidays Aww. are over. Kids are going back to school. At least you school. got to see them over the holidays and that wasn't interrupted, right? At least you still got to see them and it was safe and everything, everything went well there. Absolutely. And I was talking to the waitress and I talked to the person who checked my QR code and the mood is just, it, it's almost like helplessness. <clears throat> people that want to work, they're able-bodied. They're some of the few that are able to work that haven't got anything and they just want their job. They just want to make yeah. money and an opportunity to have an opportunity. Yeah. And it's so, so, so sad and shameful that we're throwing all these people out of work and they're not doing anything wrong. I can tell you that girl at the QR code scanning part is helping. She's doing her job. Yeah. The person who is a server just wants to pay her bills. And, and that sucks. But happening today, they are out of work for the foreseeable future. Uh, Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> and parents yeah. today take on a brand new task as they scramble for daycare or and and or begin teaching their kids along with a teacher virtually. Yeah. How does distance learning work for the younger grades? Yeah, it's... It's not the same, obviously, as the older grades. You can't expect a four-year-old, and my daughter's four, you can't expect her to be, and I'm not, going to have her online all day. And they certainly don't expect that. She's got uh, three amazing teachers. What they did for today for the first day was set up uh, a a team, so they're in the classroom together, and anyone who can make it great, and they're going to talk about their holidays, and they're going to go over a couple things, maybe even introduce them to what's happening, and this is you know, what we're doing for the next little while, and hopefully we get to see you in person soon. And basically everything else from there on in, at least for the day today, if not for the rest of the week, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, they're sending me the schedule today, is asynchronous. So they're going to send documents. Um, and as parents, we get that, and then we can get them to work on it. Maybe they're printables. Maybe they're stuff you can do online or resources, YouTube videos. It could be a number of media that they can they can do. And it's really up to the parents at that point because some parents are like, great. You gave me a couple of educational videos that I can click links on and my kid can watch that while I try to focus on, you know, doing this over here, getting my work done. Fine. Some people are comfortable with that. Others are like, 
back no. And they're not doing it at all. My sister's one of them. She's just opting her kid out. Like, nope, my kid's not participating. No one's going to be in trouble for that, by the way. Nobody's getting in trouble for that, especially with the younger grades. When it comes to the older grades, I am curious how that's going to work. Yeah. Even a grade one plus, a grade two plus. You know, what does that look like if your kid is absent? And we know at this point it's two weeks. It's not going to be fucking two weeks. But anyway, (laughs) and we know it's two weeks. Fine, Uh, right? Like whatever. If your kid's not there for two weeks, it's not the end of their life. It's fine. Everything's going to be okay. But... At what, at what point, you know, do you, you have to pass the kid. You can't not pass a kid because their, their parent couldn't make it work. You can't blame the parents for not being able to make it work. Nope. And then there are others who really want to make it work. And they've set up all the Chromebooks all in a row. And they have four or five kids. I heard from someone yesterday, it was five school age children trying to make it work and work from home at the same time that they have all five of their school age children at home trying to help them navigate it i don't get like may the peace and all of the prayers be with you because i could not even imagine we need to stop moaning we need to change our attitudes i don't know how parents do it i don't know how teachers do it i mean uh and and both like i also have friends that are teachers right so i've got a friend who for example well i've got a couple of friends who are ece's they're trying to get those things started with their four and five year olds in their class they're at jk's sk's and also have young kids, too. They've got like a grade one, grade two that they're trying to help. But at the same time, they're trying to help with their students. It's a mess. No, nobody wants to be in that position. Their teachers aren't excited about it. For those wondering, a lot of teachers, they're not excited about it. Perhaps the old close to retirement teachers are like, fucking right. Here I am. My kids are old, grown out of the house. I'm almost at the age where I'm going to retire. I get to stay at home in my jammies and teach class or whatever. They, they might be enjoying it. I don't know. But I know a lot of teachers with young kids are absolutely fuming about this. Yeah, it's ridiculous in every way. Uh, and if you missed yesterday's podcast, go back. It's angry. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I listened back to it and thought, Ugh. but you know what? It needed to be said. Doug needed to be told. And, and I think that everybody needed to vent a little bit. And if you were able to vent vicariously through yesterday's podcast, then I'm totally good with that. Uh, There's an article in today's London Telegraph over in the UK. They seem to have a similar problem in the UK that we have here. Modeling data. (laughs) We need to stop moaning. Back on December the 17th, another academic, Professor Neil Ferguson, said the optimistic scenario for January. Optimistic, best case scenario, 3,000 deaths a day. Over in the UK. As of Monday, the total number of COVID deaths was 42. The seven-day average is 127. Not 3,000. But, you know, it's funny because when the modeling data came out that predicted our our hospitals would get overrun here, I mean, there was a lot of people who had heard that that Omicron was not very uh, severe. You catch it and, and you'll recover pretty quick and you're good. But our hospital numbers are creeping up. And one of the things that stands out to me is, we talked about this yesterday too, how many people we know that are sick. Yeah. And it's weird because I do know a lot of people that have got COVID right now or strongly suspect they have COVID. Some of them are really sick. Our our friend Dave there, he's going to come in on Friday, I think, if he's done his isolation. Yeah. He was really sick. He's convinced he had Delta, that he didn't have Omicron. I spoke to somebody else just yesterday who was also quite sick over the holidays, Mm -hmm. and they said the same thing. I know everybody's talking Omicron, but I don't think Delta is completely gone yet because there's no way what I had was was Omicron. Like, they felt 
yeah. really sick. And and they're pretty convinced that it was Delta. Is, is there a, a Delta Omicron mix out there or well, is Delta still prevalent and we're just not talking about it? We were just talking. Were we talking on the podcast yesterday about the first case of the fluvid or whatever the fuck they called it? That was mix? on the radio show. Okay, so there's the, the first case and you might know, you'll know more than me about this because you actually read it. But the... The very first case of the what they, by the way, recorded case of flu and COVID combined. Flu Rona is what they call it. Flu Rona. Flu Rona. I wonder, Scott, how many people, it may not necessarily be Delta, it may be Omicron, but could it be Flu Rona? They're not necessarily testing everybody for everything right now. As you can imagine, they're overrun by testing. Right. So it could be Flu Rona. A lot of these people could just happen to be hit with both. I know people who just got the flu bug. Over the over over the break, and it was just the flu. They tested and they tested again. The whole family was down, vomiting, headache, this, that, and the next thing. But you wonder how many people had that and also happened to catch COVID. Would that explain why hospitalizations are going up but deaths are not? And why hospitalizations are going up but ICU numbers are not climbing at the rate that they thought they would? Uh, we had like 1,200 and something people in the hospital yesterday, but... 266 were in the ICU, a, a relatively small percentage. And and that leads me into this next thing. Uh, somebody who'd never listened to After 9 before saw a tweet that I sent about the premier and said, okay, well, what would you do? And I said, all right, well, go listen to the podcast because I talk about what we would do fairly regularly. And he actually did, to his credit. I believe his name was Mike. So, Mike, thank you. I hope you uh, stick around, hit subscribe, and maybe even tell a friend. Listen to to episodes regularly. I know it's a lot of COVID shit right now, but we're in a bit of a crisis here in Ontario. We are going to try and sprinkle in some other content. But he said, though, what would you do? And it's too much to type out, especially on Twitter. Well, there's a lot of elements. There's a lot of, there's a lot to it, right? It's not just, this is what I do, one sentence. No, there's many layers to this. Yeah, and I'm also cognizant of the fact that it's very easy to sit here and play armchair quarterback. Doug's the one who's got to make his decisions in 30 seconds. It's not my job, but eh, what would I do? Maybe a little bit of advice. Maybe I can throw out a few things that the government should consider. And before I do that, let me just say, it's too late to stop it. It can't be stopped. Omicron is spreading so fast, so rapidly. So many people are already sick and infecting their close contacts. You can't stop it. Can you even slow it at this point? I don't think you can. I don't think anything is going to even slow it. And so far, I mean, the the spread, I don't even know if they've isolated particular places that it's coming from. I would think a lot of it is holiday gatherings and so on and so forth. But it could also be back to the same old offenders. It could go back to... The uh, big warehouse facilities, that was a huge problem in waves one, two, and three. Sure it was, yeah. Uh, It could be in the daycares. We have no idea because we're not testing young kids. It could be all over the place. So it's going to keep spreading. But what can we do in the meantime? Number one, again, I don't know where Health Canada is or what they're doing, but if this isn't a priority to get these drugs approved from Pfizer and Mm -hmm. Merck that the pills that you take when you get COVID, you go to the hospital, they give you these pills, you take them and it'll almost guarantee that you aren't going to the ICU. Why do that when you could just add beds, Scott? Why is Doug? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'll go off topic. What the fuck is Doug running around? What was it? He had the international center yesterday. a picture with a bed. Like this is what I'm doing. Fuck you, Doug. I want to know what I want to know and our buddy Ryan Ingram and we'll get back to the list. I know it's a long list. We'll get back to it and we'll come in and out of it. But 
our buddy Ryan Ingram there, and I don't always agree with him, by the way. Me either. I don't always agree with that uh, with with Ryan. He's a biostatistician. If you've never heard him on the podcast, definitely go back and have a listen. I mean, he's he's good at what he does, but he crunches numbers, and that's what he does, and that's what he's good at. But there's a lot more to it. That's my opinion. Uh-huh. But what he did say yesterday is accurate. You need to tell us what you're doing in these two weeks when it comes to schools specifically. You're saying two weeks. What exactly are you doing? What's the plan? Where is it? I don't see a plan. Like in in school, for example, you hand in a sheet. You know what I mean? You hand something over to a teacher in order for them to assess it. I feel like we should be assessing what you're doing. So hand us over the sheet to give us the exact details of what you're doing and where and when to really uh, make us believe that these kids are going back to school on the 17th. Do you even think that they are? Doug is like a shitty employee at your company. You're going to have to put somebody on him and stay on him to make sure they do the work. That's the only way this is going to get done. He's got to be ridden like a horse. Somebody's going to have to stay on this guy, keep him focused, and keep him accountable, and ask him, what are you doing? I'm glad people are asking that question because two weeks is going to come and go, and maybe schools will go back. Maybe they won't. If they don't go back, I think that's a travesty. If they do go back, well, parents want to know what got done. Mm -hmm. What's different now than two weeks ago? They're already asking what was different Monday from the previous Thursday when Dr. Moore went from schools are staying open. We need an extra two days, but they're staying open to Doug shutting the whole thing down on Monday. People want to know what changed and they want to know what's going to change. And I totally understand that. I, I really, really do. And I think Doug needs to step up and give out a plan. Here's the deal. We're going to go into this school, this school, this school, and this school and do that. These schools, they're newer schools. They don't need the HEPA filters because they've got newer upgraded HVAC systems. So for them, we're going to do this. I'd like to see it all written out. You're just hoping that by saying, get your booster shots, everybody, and... And and we'll restrict the, the we're no restaurants and we'll restrict the retail and that should do it. That does nothing. That does absolutely nothing to put kids back in class. So give us a f- actual detail on what you plan to do. I don't. I feel like there is none. I feel like if we looked up his details, it'd be just like doodles, doodles of sh- random shit. Because I don't see him even writing out a plan or thinking about one. So they've got to get those drugs approved, and I have to assume they're safe. I get that we want to take our own time and use our Canadian experts to examine the data. This is kind of an emergency, they say, because everything is is a theory right now about how bad it could get. But the U.S. has approved it. Okay, with that in mind and what we know so far, the fact that we've approved these vaccines in lightning quick time. Maybe we should give these drugs a serious consideration here because they can save lives. Doctors in hospitals are saying, if you give us these, we can save lives. Mm-hmm. If that's the case and the goal is to not let the hospitals get overrun, I truly don't understand why these drugs aren't approved yet. Yeah. But that's got to be step number one. Step number two, seems like there's a lot of people going to the hospital out of fear. People that have tested positive. And, and even Not though they're not they sick, they feel they need to be there. Yeah, it, yeah. People that are, oh my God, I've got a fever. I got to go to the hospital. And in some cases, maybe that's your only alternative because there's so many family doctors and walk-in clinics that are still not accepting walk-ins or seeing patients in person. Yeah. So maybe the hospital is the only place for you to go. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to be admitted. And maybe it's time to start giving out some uh, harsh reality to people that show up with a, a fever of 102. Oh my God, I've got fucking COVID. I mm-hmm. tested positive. I got a high fever. The doctors can tell 
with a basic series of tests whether or not we need to keep you for a couple of days and keep an eye on you or if you can go home, take some Tylenol and sweat it out like you're usually told to do in any other year when it's not COVID. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm almost wondering if maybe we need like a, a, an off-site triage center with pretty strict criteria to even get into the hospital. If it's this much of a crisis and we're that short-staffed, maybe we could use some, uh, I don't know, newer doctors, maybe even paramedics to do a basic assessment and say, you go to the hospital, you go home, take some Advil and some Buckley's and you'll be fine in a couple of days. Well, you figure they would have put something like that in motion over the last two years that we've been dealing with this. It's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable that that's still one of the things that's holding us back. Well, I mean, if... One of the busiest places in a hospital is right there at the triage center in the emergency room. If that's fucking crowded like crazy, mm-hmm. and, and and let's be honest, not everybody in there needs to be admitted and take up a bed and the resources of a nurse and all that sort of stuff. If we can uh, steer anybody out of the hospital simply by giving them some peace of mind. Oh, okay, you tested positive. Yep, you've got a runny nose. Yep, I can hear that cough in your chest. You don't need to be hospitalized. There's no evidence of pneumonia. Carry on. Go home. You're good. Uh, Maybe we could head off some of the potential crisis if we did that. I know not everyone's going to agree with this, but it's time to bring back all those healthcare workers that got fired. I know they're not vaccinated, and they probably haven't been since they got fired or they would have been brought back. But I'm sorry. This is an all-hands-on-deck kind of situation, and if we need people, put them in the PPE, Make them do their rapid tests, but there's no reason we can't bring mm-hmm. these people back because they're trained already and they can hit the ground running. And we should probably give them an apology too, but that's just me. We should probably make it a real incentive for healthcare workers to go to work. And right now, if they've done their shift, and there's not a lot of upside to going in and doing even more overtime other than guilt from the bosses saying, Oh, we have nobody. Can you please stay? And that's happening like crazy. Healthcare workers are just getting a guilt trip left, right, and center. Work overtime. Do this. Do mm-hmm. that. Cancel your vacations. Uh, all hands on deck. We need you. They should probably be paid exceptionally well for those overtime hours that they do. Uh, there was a suggestion of for danger pay. Given how easily this spreads, I don't disagree with that. Maybe danger pay or a premium pay is what it would take to get more people to come in and do a little overtime or to work on a weekend here and there. Or a bonus at the end of the year for times, you know, shifts that you've done. Something like that, maybe an incentive. Think about all those bonuses Quebec handed out to their nurses, like $20,000 yeah. bonuses and things like that. It was for great. that because then you're also, don't forget, you are you are um, rewarding those who are really good at what they do and will continue to come in. Sure. Right? You can look at what they've done throughout the year. That's what a bonus is supposed to be about. What have you done? And that's why I like that. So I would rather that model than like, let's just give them a, this much an hour. There's some really shitty people in healthcare that are working right now. Yep. You know, let's just see on paper what they've done, how long they've worked. You deserve a bonus. Absolutely. You've been there. You've trekked through it. You've done amazing. Here's your bonus. I have no problem. Like any other employee. Doing that. And listen, one of the problems we have is we're short staffed. And it's not just because there's so many people self-isolating. We didn't have enough people to begin with. Doug went out and bought all these goddamn beds, which I suppose is fine. It's not like we won't use them, but we don't have staff to run those beds. We need to make Ontario the place that you want to be if you're a nurse. If you graduate nursing school in anywhere from Saskatchewan to New York City, A lot of opportunity in Ontario. They pay their nurses really well there. We're going to relocate to Ontario. We're going to go work in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Let's attract some more people that are qualified 
in the healthcare field, whether it be nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists, any of them, get them here. Now, that's also the job that our hospital CEOs are supposed to be doing and apparently didn't realize that that's part of their job is to attract new talent. Well, they're busy making all of their $500,000 a year. I read a stat yesterday, <laughs> off topic, I read a stat yesterday that the top 20% of CEOs in Canada made more by yesterday, January 4th, than the average Canadian will make all year. Yeah. Four days into the year, they've already made your whole salary for Jeez. a year. Fucking nuts. Uh, what else can we do? Oh, let's order the family doctors back to work. Enough's enough. There are people who are going to the hospital and taking up valuable resources and precious time because they have nowhere else to go. And frankly, it's unacceptable two years into this that there are still family doctors who will not see their patients in person. There are walk-in clinics that have their doors closed. They'll do yeah. phone consultation. Then they'll try a virtual consultation. If it's an absolute emergency, they'll bring you in and then kick you right out to the ER. Go uh, there. A lot of the places are so overwhelmed. The family the family doctors and things like that, um, I know for mine, for example, I can't even get on the phone with them. I can't. There's times where I can't even get through. Crazy. Like not even a business busy signal. They're just too busy. Uh, maybe get some parents to help out with the labor, labor shortage by getting schools back in. There, we have a labor shortage and we just condemned tens of thousands yeah. more parents to have to stay yeah. home themselves. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. You know, and I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, we were talking about all of these factories and these large places that that employ a lot of people, right? That are down to like 30%, 40% workers at best right now. And a lot of that is going to be worse now that kids are being homeschooled. What, what options do you think parents have? They got to stay home. So they got to leave that job. Only we would be so dumb that in the biggest labor crunch in the history of the province, we ordered tens of thousands more people to stay home. What the fuck is it's that? It's insane. I know. And then we want, and then later down the line, when we realize there's a supply shortage and there's already, guys, there's a, we, all, we all know this, there's already a supply shortage for tons of things. It's going to get worse. And what happens when that gets worse and the supply is low, the prices go up. Yep. And then who suffers? Everybody. Everybody. Yep. Everybody. You're absolutely right. We do need to prioritize these rapid tests. That wasn't just a fad at Christmas. There's still people who want rapid right. tests. Oh, I, you know, and I, I was on, I saw a chain on Facebook of like, hey guys, it was one of these community things again, right? It was like, guys, here's the deal. This is the forum. Tell people if you have a rapid test, tell people if you need one. It was need. I need, 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 need. All the mm -hmm. way down. There's about 300 people asking, begging for, for tests. Right. We should also re-examine the sick days because we're right back to where we were in previous waves yeah. where there's people who can't afford to take time off. So they're going to work sick or they know they tested positive on a rapid test. They've got that little lingering headache or yeah. that runny nose. But, well, I'm just going to keep it to myself. I got to go to work or I don't make money. Where's the government's money, by the way? Where's the government money this time around? Like, um, I know when, when this happened last time around, whatever it was, child benefit kicked up mm -hmm. times three or whatever it was. You know, where is that at? Where are those announcements? Or are they just assuming it's going to be two weeks, guys, so we don't need to talk about money yet? You're fine for two weeks. Because we know that's probably not going to be the case. So when are you going to start to talk money and help those families who are in that predicament that you're mentioning yeah. that have to go to work to make money? They can't make ends meet. And so it has to be across the board. That has to apply to self-employed people, people in the Absolutely. gig economy. Everybody. Everybody needs to know that if they're sick, they can stay home and they'll still be able to pay their bills. And double check what people make first before you just hand out money like crazy. Because oh. that was another issue I had. Don't be handing out $600 here to $700 here to families who don't actually need that money. Make sure it's going to the right places. Give the people more money that need it. What else can we do to solve the problem? That was the theme of this segment. 
I don't know how practical it is or how popular this will be, but it seems to me that with all of these mass vax clinics and they're trying like fucking crazy to put boosters in everybody's arms, first dose, second dose, third dose, go get any dose you can. Please get a shot. If I've already had a shot, we'll give you another shot. It's crazy how many people are working in these clinics. And I get that there's demand, but there's also a lot of healthcare workers that are being tied up doing these vax clinics. I kind of think that if it's this much of an emergency, maybe we should ease up on the vax plan a little while. If this is the clear and present danger now, if this is what's going on to the point where we had to tell somebody your cancer surgery is off, your yep. your tests, yeah. sorry, fuck it, can't do it, yep. then we can also pause this booster campaign for a little bit. Not even pause it, scale it back. If there are 500 mass vax clinics in the province, even if there's one nurse in every one of them and all the rest are whomever, well, that's 500 nurses that aren't available to work in hospitals. And, and I think that we should probably ease up a little bit on this VAX campaign. I know you guys don't want to admit a defeat on that front, too. But frankly, we need everybody. If the hospitals get that bad. What else can we do? I still firmly believe that nobody did more for the anti-VAX movement than Doug Ford. When Doug went out and said that the vaccines are our path out of this. When Doug went out and said, get your shot and life goes back to normal, then get your second shot, then get your third shot. And when he did all of that and then turned around and put extremely heavy restrictions on people that are fully vaccinated and boosted, you are fully vaccinated and boosted. You have no more rights than someone who has had not had a vax right now, Mm -hmm. other than you can break quarantine after five days instead of 10. That's really the only advantage that I see right now, because we, we locked the uh, unvaxxed out of restaurants. Well, now the fully vaxxed are locked out of restaurants. Maybe, just maybe, it's time to have a conversation about the end. Doug already did this. He said January 17th was going to be the next step in our recovery, and he was going to end vax passports on January 17th. This incredibly divisive issue that has caused so much pain and hate. It's time to end it. I think it is. And even if you're not ready to end it, you need to say when you're going to do it and you need to do it. Yeah. And we've shown, and I mean, it's proven. I I don't know. I've always been of the mind of, you don't get it. Okay. If you suffer tremendous, you know, illness because of that, that's on you. You decided not to take the shot and something bad happens to you. That really sucks. But that's your choice because you're a grown adult and you could choose. Yeah. You know, if you chose not to take the booster, you got sick with COVID. It ended up being pretty bad. And you think, fuck, if I had had the booster, maybe it wouldn't have been bad. Oh, that's on you. You, To me, all of these things are available. That's on you now. Can we not be treated like grown adults? Because we are adults. And it doesn't matter if your opinion differs from somebody else's. I'm not an anti-vaxxer in any way, shape, or form. I'm also not going to tell someone who hasn't got the vax yet, you better go get the vax. So to me, that's why vax passports should be out. Mm -hmm. And we all know you can catch it generally. And yes, it might not be as bad, but you can still catch it without it. So why is this dividing people and stopping people from dining in when dining in was allowed you know why so i'm all i'm all for that get rid of that get rid of that thing yeah i I really do think it's time they've got to end these passports they've got to bring back the people that we fired because we now need them as we all foretold everyone saw it coming you fire all these workers and wow what if we get another variant i think doug himself asked that question when he said that the province wouldn't mandate it and i get that the province didn't mandate it but you let it happen, Doug. That That's on you as well. You yeah. let that happen. So I think it's time to right that wrong and bring these people back to work with an apology and probably back pay as well. Uh, is there anything that I missed here? Is there anything Doug should be doing that we haven't covered? So are you putting kids back in class? 
Yeah. In fact, I'm putting kids back in class Monday. It's Wednesday now. Too late for Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Uh, school, People need to be prepared. School should start Monday. Yeah. In person. And I, I'm assuming that we'll now be uh, one week into the two-week closure. At least some of whatever Doug's planning will be in place. No, I'm kidding. It won't mm. be in place. It's You're not, not doing it. There's enough. no plan. No uh, plan. Listen, at this point. piece of paper, that plan. But why couldn't he even uh, uh, get creative? You know what? We're going to bring back class for any parent who feels like it, it's safe to do so. School is open again, and we are doing everything we can to make them safe. We're going to use every single space there is in a school. Yeah. You know what? Your kid is coming back to class, and... I'm going to be honest with you. We might not be teaching class in the classroom. They might be in the gym. They might be on the stage in the gym or in the library or whatever. Use up the space. Distance people as much as possible. Uh, Cohort them if you have to. But God, please get them back in school. It solves a lot of problems when kids go back to school. You just have to be able to give people the peace of mind that whatever can be done to make them safe is being done. Do we have these new masks? I don't know. Is that really the magic bullet? You tell me. If it is, then problem solved as soon as we get the masks. But I'm not sure that it is. So nobody should hold out hope that their kid is 100% protected once they get one of these masks. And neither should teachers. But teachers should be able to get absolutely anything they can get their hands on right now, no matter where they got it from, no restrictions. Teachers should be able to protect themselves the way they want to protect themselves because they're the adult in the room and statistically the most likely to suffer a difficult outcome from the variants or COVID itself. So I, I think that you've just got to find a way. Monday is the day that I personally would reopen schools and go on a major apology to her. If it were me, if it were me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, let's move on. Let's change the subject. <laughs> I like doing this. So I said I would uh, tell you on yesterday's podcast, what happened with the holidays? I didn't get engaged. There's still people asking me, did you get engaged? <laughs> I didn't get really? engaged. I'm not engaged. I am still, well, I shouldn't say single because I'm in a relationship, but no, I'm not engaged. There's no ring. There's no nothing. There's no promise to make a promise. There wasn't a promise ring. There was nothing. None of that. Are you still, you, but you, I mean, you've been open about the fact that you're not technically divorced. I'm not technically divorced. So technically, divorced. you could not get married tomorrow anyway. Not in Canada. You know Canada. what I mean? Not in, not in Canada, okay? <laughs> okay, well, now that's a, it's a whole other can of worms if you want to talk about that. Have you considered did that? Uh, no, I haven't actually. No, okay. I, uh... Well, you probably want to do it right, though. I think I would. You know, you would want to be completely done and, and with that relationship before you propose. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
I'm in no rush. Well, you're getting a house together. By the way, you're moving in like, what is it, three weeks? Aren't you like two, three weeks out? Cat, the countdown is on. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're moving in together. That's a humongous step. I mean, that, I, some would say, is a bigger, bigger than being married. Moving in and sharing a life physically with someone is bigger than being married. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hot take. Well, <laughs> I think so. You mentioned it on our radio show today that one of the things you should absolutely do before you move in with someone is travel with them. And we'll tell you why that came up in just a sec. I haven't had a chance to travel with her because it's been COVID COVID. the whole fucking time. So you don't even know. I have never (laughs) uh, run through an airport with her or had to uh, carry the bags while you go and get a cart for the luggage. I mean, I've never had to do any of that shit. There are other things, though. Living with someone generally. I mean, that is something, too. That's huge. That's huge. And and you've stayed over at her place and she's been at your place um, when you when you had a home. No, I don't have a home now, but in previous <laughs> but no, homes, but she, she was did. there. So it's not like that's a complete, that's not a complete out of the blue. This is brand new to us, but it is your shared home. So it now is. it's not, hey, she's at my place. So my rules apply. Hey, I'm at her place. That's your home as you share together. So she might like things one way. You like things another way. The reason why I say, by the way, that to me, moving in with someone is way bigger than marriage is because I did that first. I moved in with my husband. I lived with my husband for years before we got married. And after we got married, not much changed. Uh It was still the same. So in that sense of being together physically all the time, I mean, you're going to see each other a lot all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, you didn't think about that, did you? No. But you know what I mean? I like, won't see her. I'll that, be in the hot tub in the back. That, that <laughs> fridge is your fridge. You share. That, you know, everything is, is you. that bed you share. That, it, the, whatever it is, maybe you have one television. I'm sure I have more than one television. That's not even an issue anymore. Back in the day, back in the day, I think people used to, used to have like one TV and that was it. And you had to share and figure out who's watching what. I have a TV. You don't need to worry about it. Every room in the yeah, house. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that anymore. Even the bathroom but has a other, TV. But there's other, that doesn't surprise me. Bathroom's another one. You know, are you gonna are you gonna have an individual bathroom? We do. My husband, my husband, mind you, is gonna basically be kicked out of his because the girls are getting older now, and that's basically gonna be their bathroom. But my husband and I, I had the master bathroom. Oh, you got the ensuite all to myself. I got the ensuite. But oh. it's no, it's going to change. Oh. No, he's he's going to end up with his stuff. And because my, my girls are getting older and he's already complaining about girl things there on the counter and stuff. I'm like, they're getting older. You're going to have to move your way on in here, I guess. Well, we got two sinks and stuff. It's fine. He wanted to be in a separate bathroom or you wanted him to be in a separate bathroom? I, I think we both wanted separate bathrooms. Really? It's nice. Mind you, I mean, our schedules are so different, right? I'm up so early. I use the bathroom. I wouldn't, they wouldn't intertwine anyway with me having one bathroom. They, they really wouldn't ever intermingle. And we have three bathrooms in the house. So. Well, my new place is actually perfectly set up for someone who does morning radio and someone else who doesn't do morning radio because it's got uh, from the bedroom. There's a hallway with his and hers walk-in closets before you even get to the bathroom. Oh, nice and quiet. It's a buffer, right? It's like a noise buffer. It's also a, I can turn the light on in here and get dressed where my clothes are so that I don't have to turn it on in the sleeping area. Yes. That's key. That's key. I just want to tell, and maybe you don't need to hear this, but you probably need to hear this. And most women do. (laughs) Get ready. What is it, Scott? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. If you think, oh, it'd be so nice to have my own bathroom and he could have his own bathroom and keep all his boy shit in there and ugh, I, should, I don't want to look at shaving cream and, and whiskers when he shaves in the sink. You girls <laughs> need to look up right into that mirror 
because some of the shit you do in a bathroom is fucking gross. And if you don't, the amount of hair that comes off of some of you girls, you're like a fucking cat oh, yeah. that's shedding. Yeah. And we and, can't help that. You can't control that. I mean, you can clean it up. You can clean it up. Okay, yeah, you can definitely you mean. clean it up. Yes, but you can't control it falling to the floor. And then, oh, look at that. He left his shaving cream on the sink or, oh, there's his hair stuff everywhere. Look on your side. Look at how many fucking products you girls have over there. Look in the <laughs> cupboard below. That cupboard is probably 85% yours. Yeah. Guys have, what is it? Uh, some sort of hair product, probably some shaving cream, deodorant, toothpaste. And the toothpaste might even be shared between the two of you. Girls, what the fuck are you guys doing? You've got uh, makeup and, and concealer and detangler and then curl makers and all sorts of <laughs> shit. <laughs> It looks like a, a fucking aisle at Shoppers Drug Mart. Yeah, and you're we, looking at us like, oh, I can't wait to get my own bathroom. Why? So you can be a pig and no one sees it? And I'm not saying you're a pig. It's just when you're not using all of those things, it's very, very cluttered. It's very, very well, yeah, hairy and cluttered. It's dirty, hairy, and cluttered. I hear you on the hair thing. I get it because I'm the one that cleans the sink. I clean the sink drains for that reason. That was the deal with my husband since we moved in, since we moved in together when we were 23 or whatever it was. I understand that hair comes out and usually if the drain in the sink is a little slow go, it's usually there's some hair in there too. So I have to be the one to pull that out. That's fair. Good. Totally fair. I think you should. But I mean, you you each, you have to take a look, no matter who you share a house with, okay? Man, man, woman, 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 man, you do have to take a look at yourself first. And also ask yourself, maybe you're a super neat freak, Right. I mean, that, that, do you What's really wrong with need, that? Do you really need every single thing off the counter? If, if someone's coming over, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a bat. So all my stuff is in a basket on the countertop in the bathroom. Right. We got, the, we got the two sinks in the middle. I have a basket. My husband, like I said, doesn't even use this bathroom very often anyway. But if he did, he'd probably have his stuff out. But when we have guests over, just in case they have to use our bathroom, I don't care. That basket goes underneath the cabinet. It's clean. It's out of the way. Everything's cleared off. Fine. We all have to take a look at ourselves and realize, are, am I doing this? Am, am I clean? Am I making sure it's at least well kept so that I can quickly clean it if need be? Fine. We all have to take a look at ourselves. But everybody, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out real quick. Oh, I know. Because your girlfriend will point out the things that you're not perfect with. She is. I have no issues right. at all. Like yeah. there's no issues. She uh-huh. keeps her stuff in a, a, dr- a series of drawers and there's a big cupboard and yeah, no- so nothing on the counter to- except for a toothbrush. So you don't even need to look into those drawers and stuff like that. That's her business. Yeah, Let exactly. her have her spot. I would never because I have no interest in finding out what is in there. I will not go through her bathroom cupboards. I believe cupboards. that. You get we- yeah, you'll get weirded out if you're like, oh, there's something here. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, you can go grab it. You won't even go near my purse. Well, you know what? So there's, I believe that. There's also certain shit that's personal. And I don't need to know that either. Like, <laughs> oh, boy, I see you've stocked up on tampons. I guess I know what that means. Was there a sale? I don't need to know that unless you want me to know that. Like, oh, fuck, that shampoo bottle is vibrating. Wait, that's not a shampoo bottle. See, that's private <laughs> shit. You keep your shit and I will keep my stuff and we are good and by the way i'm still talking about the vanity we haven't even gotten into how disgusting it is in the shower sometimes with some girls who just let hair fly everywhere and over in one corner is the shampoo and then there's like 15 different conditioners in the other corner i don't even know why you need that much conditioner it's like a 15 to 1 ratio of conditioner to shampoo. That's <laughs> like use, using a whole box. You use more. You of, always use more conditioner than shampoo. That's like using 15 bounce sheets in your laundry. <laughs> it doesn't need to be that soft. Stop. 
It's too much. It's too much. It's <laughs> oh, great, eh? It's great. Uh, anyway, the new house is beautiful. I get it in a few weeks. So exciting. I'm going to be honest with you. I am so done with being in a suitcase. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I'm living with my mom. Yeah. And uh, people have asked me, actually, a weird thing to ask a stranger, but, well, why don't you just live with your girlfriend until the house is ready? Uh, Liz, we talked about that, but I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to move into her house. Uh, we'll just move in together to our house. So I'm good living with my mom. Uh, we'll be together for a very long time. I don't need to see her every day right now. We're getting to that for now. She's got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. And and mom is fucking over the moon happy. It's crazy. I got- <laughs> She's over the moon happy that you're leaving? No, that I'm there. Oh, yeah. But how does she feel about the fact that like the countdown's on to you leaving though? I think she's probably got like a like a makeshift advent calendar that she's created. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's counting down the days. She probably gives herself a little chocolate every day she makes it through, a little peanut butter yeah. cup or something. Uh, I'm probably not easy to live with. I uh, have my own routines and my own way of doing things, and I think that she probably loved having me around and that's great. I love her for letting me stay and it was such a great experience for her and I to be able to bond a little bit. That is really nice, especially over the holidays. That's lovely. Right. But we're both adults that have, like I said, very different priorities and very different schedules. I only see her like 20 minutes a day because when I get back from work, she's leaving for work. So it's very ships passing in the night, but uh, I'm doing my best and I'm certain I have raised the bar. On me being her son. I was probably a pig when I was younger. Now I do the dishes and, and I, shoveled the dr- I shoveled the driveway without being asked and everything. It was wonderful. Good, I'm, good. I'm a very, very good house guest. Very good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your holiday quickly because we didn't get to that. And we do oh, want to yeah. keep you guys in. The one thing that interested me the most was you went on like a drink making spree on, was it New Year's Eve you did that? New Year's Eve. Yeah. New Year's Eve we had, uh, it was a smaller group really. I mean, it was my bubble, if you will. So my brother and his wife and their kids came over, my sister and her husband and their kids and my mom and dad. So we decided we'll do something fun for those who want to partake to do a cocktail contest. And who judged? Everybody judged? Yeah, we all kind of judged each other. Okay. <laughs> but, and we were honest about it. So I came up with this cool idea. I was like, okay. And, and we were all kept it very close to us, right? We never told anybody what we were going to do. You could do it as a couple, by the way, or you could do it yourself. You could, because for example, my brother and his wife totally disagreed. Totally disagreed on the drinks. My sister-in-law's nuts because my brother's drink was the best, my opinion. So she agreed to do her own. He did his own. I did mine. My husband and I did ours. And then my parents did one too. Oh, wow. And I... Each? Like your dad did one? No, your mom did my one? parents decided on one. Okay. Yeah. And they're not cocktail people, by the way. They're just, they're very easy, simple beer wine. That's it. Well, for not any... Not cocktail people. I, I'm sure most people that listen to the pod also li- uh, follow you on Instagram. And if they don't, they should. It's cat on air. Cat with a K. You posted some pictures. Was it pictures or was it a story? It was a video. No, it was. Um, it's a video you can find right on my Instagram. It's still there. Yep. People want to know what those things were. Can you like do a sum? I know you can't probably give out ingredients in a podcast. It'll um, take forever. You but- could look it up, but the uh, we changed the name of them. Okay. So first and foremost, I'll tell you the first one that you see, the one that won for me was actually my brother's. I'm not going to take any credit for it. In a syringe at the top of the glass, we call this the cure. That's what we ended up going with the cure. It's not. It's called a red dead zombie. If you want to look it up, that's what it's called, a red dead zombie. And in the in the syringe is absinthe. And what in in the glass, I forget what's in the red part of the glass, but anyway, you can look it up. You put dry ice in it. 
That's the reason why it was smoking and bubbling, dry ice in it, and then the syringe. So you're supposed to put the syringe of absinthe in the glass, and then you drink it. It was actually really good. Okay, like, but delicious. You, you can't drink that dry ice, though. No, you can't consume it. No. It's really easy to spot, though. That's why you're supposed to drink these kind of drinks with a straw, so you don't accidentally take it down. So you drink it with a small straw to okay. make sure that you don't. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So... Man, it was so, it's so cool. So this bubbling, you put the syringe on top, like I said, with these cool glasses. Check out the video. You'll see what I mean. So for ours, ours was, my husband and I had, we purchased on Amazon. You can purchase on Amazon these pearl. They're so cool. They make any drink, and any drink you can do this to, turn into pearl swirls, different colors. It's called, here, let me get the name of it because it's on Amazon, like I said. It sounds like that Not- aloe drink that's got like, lumps in it <laughs> it, I, it no it's um so it's called champagne shimmer oh. that's what it's called champagne shimmer so you look it up there's different colors but what happens is when you swirl it in your glass it goes shimmery it's really pretty especially the pearl color but we decided to go with green because we wanted to call it a dirty grinch because it was kind of a christmas theme so we went with it <laughs> with green but you can get all kinds of different colors on there why did it's you have to a, call it a dirty grinch i don't know just because it was like dirty grinch i don't know it actually is pretty very pretty so I ended up stealing dry ice from him to make my drink look better. But it was a margarita base um, was our drink. was actually a margarita base with other ingredients inside too, including bitters. Like um, Hard to find sometimes. Yeah. I'm trying Dylan's to makes really good bitters. That's what it was. Was it? Was it? Dylan's, yes. Dylan's I was just great. I was just trying to find the picture of it. Yes, it was Dylan's. You're absolutely right. So that's what we used inside there too. Anyway, it, was, it ended up being really, really good. But my brother definitely run by a landslide. My parents did gin Ricky. Never had had that in my life until that night. Fine. For a gin, because I'm not a gin person at all. How but, wasted did you get? Um, well, we each only had one. I mean, we didn't drink a ton of it. We only had like, we, we put in this much and I didn't drink all of it because I was drinking. That's the thing is I was drinking my own drinks. Like I was drinking wine that night. Oh. So I didn't want to mix a lot. But sure enough, when you do <laughs> a little bit of gin, what my brothers had a little bit of, uh, what was it? Absinthe. Absinthe. And then there was something else inside the cup that I forget. Plus ours had margarita mix. Oh, plus my sister-in-law did a Cosmo, which was phenomenal. I mean, the Cosmo was amazing. Like just, be- just amazing. I didn't even think I liked a Cosmo. I loved it. So a little bit of all of those ingredients. I get a message from a friend of mine because I sent him some photos the next morning. He's like, man, you won New Year's Eve. I was like, dude, I do not feel like a winner this morning. <laughs> Yep. I do not feel like a winner at all. Is that why you're doing dry January? Yeah. And so that's so leading to on New Year's Eve, I was chatting with my sister-in-law and, uh, you know, we both like the wine, but we were talking about doing dry, dry January anyway before this. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Rob's going to do it. My brother. And I was like, OK, you know what? If you're going to do it, I'll do it for sure, because I was considering doing it anyway. Just, you know, as a good little cleanse for yourself, you know, Noah, it's going to be hard on the weekend. So it was hard this past weekend, like after the first, the first it was fine because I didn't want to drink at all. But then like the Sunday night, I didn't have to work on the Monday and I'm sitting there going, I could use like a glass of wine. It'd be nice. So the weekends I think are going to suck. I get up so early during the week, it doesn't matter. But this weekend after a week of all this crap going on in Ontario, I'm going to need to chug something, but I won't. A lot of people I won't. I won't. Oh, that's what this is. It's not really a modified stage two. It's the world's best promotion ever for the the LCBO. LCBO. You're darn right. By the way, my husband is not partaking. He literally was like, cool, I'll support you, but I'm not doing it at all. (laughs) The other night he had like a whiskey in front of me. He's like, no, the Leafs play still. I can't do that. (laughs) Like that has anything to do with it. 
like, I can't not have a drink and watch the Leafs. I got to watch the Leafs with a crown royal. Uh, the Bucks are going to the playoffs. Yeah, there's, like, a, uh, there's a lot of reasons that you don't want to be dry January. That's what he said. Ugh. So anyway, ah. I'm alone for a while. Dylan's and Cat, both bitters. <laughs> both bitters. Is January over yet? God, this is going to uh, be... Uh, the longest month of all time. Exactly. It usually is, but really, really, I mean it this time. We have a brand new episode of After 9 Daily, and we will be back tomorrow, God willing, as long as neither of us are in self-isolation or something. <laughs> we will uh, catch you right back here tomorrow, guys. Have a good one. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.